0: Hey there. Hi. Hi balls of magic. Hi balls of magic. How is everybody doing out there? My name is Alex. My pronouns are they, them. My name is Kim and my pronouns are she, her, and welcome to the podcast. How to be queer. How to be queer when you are constantly living in a heteronormative world.
1: Where the world tries to beat it out of you because they're just too uncomfortable.
0: Oh my goodness. (laughs) We could talk about that forever. I think actually in the next coming weeks, I'm going to share a little bit of like some of my trainer stuff where I've actually had people that live in the historically centered parts of this world telling me how it's too uncomfortable for them to talk about how to make space for those of us who have not been, but it's still like a little too close. I'm like, I'm going to sit on this one for a bit. I'm going to take a breather. I'm going to take a breather from from some some serious privilege that I had to witness last week. Mm-hmm. I'm not over it. So what are we talking about today? So today we're going to go into a little bit of, you know, people that have listened to our podcast. For, well, actually, we're totally ahead of ourselves. We got to thank Youth Scene. Yes. Because they are our amazing sponsors and supporter. We are powered by Youth Scene. They're amazing. Please go check them out. At Youth scene spelled S-E-E-N. E-N. dot org, and if you can show them some support, um, they're are they're amazing, and they support us. And you're listening to this podcast, so that's a way that you can support others. Yes, share. So this week, this week we're going to go into trans kids, and there's a specific reason why we're going into this because there's been unfortunately some legislation that is about to hit, um, governor Abbott's desk in the Lone Star state of Texas. And so we wanted to, I think, talk a little bit about it and then also to have a really frank conversation about kids and trans kids specifically in sports.
1: Yes. So that the argument they're trying to say is really actually not the argument.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's a fallacy. Yeah. So we're going to break that down today because this is, um, this is, this is going to be one of those. If you've listened to it for for a while, you know, that as a, as a, as a trainer and as a human, I use for myself and for others, I try to use this approach. That's called head heart hands healing. So before we get into this information, listeners, I want you to kind of go with me for a minute. We are going to give you some factual information about hormone therapy about testosterone um then we're going to get into the empathy which is your heart right so you factually learn something in your head and then it helps you because you understand it it helps you find that deep empathy that we have to all have for each other which then leads you to your hands and your hands are how you make change right one of my favorite favorite quotes which was actually from um Obama's acceptance speech but he kind of took from Mary Alice Walker is is about change, right? When you get to your hands, that's what you're doing. You're looking to make change, positive change for yourself and for others. And the quote is, you know, we're the ones we've been waiting for. We are the change that we seek. Yes. We're the ones we've been waiting for. We have it hanging in our house. We do have it hanging in our house because that it means a lot to me that, Mm -hmm. that it is, um, all of us are capable of, of, of doing really beautiful things in this world. But sometimes you do have to go to, I need to factually learn something. I need to feel it in my heart. I need to have empathy for a lived experience that might be different than my own. Mm -hmm. And then how does that come out in your hands? I want to make positive change. And that's where you get into the doing. That's where, that's where your allyship leads, right? Yeah. So people that listen to us that want to learn how to be allies, allyship is your hands. But it's really hard to get to your hands if you don't factually understand something, or you don't feel it actually in your heart, Mm -hmm. then your hands are just doing something that you don't even know if it's good, bad, helping or whatever. (laughs) And then our fourth H is healing, right? That when you're an ally and maybe you are um, looking at being an activist and centering some activism, Um, Or you're sharing a story or you're simply understanding what a trans kid who wants to play sports might be going through and you can show some support to that family. That is what promotes healing. Yeah. So that's where we are today, right? We're going to go, we're going to hit you with some stuff in the head. I know you listeners, because if you're listening to us, you're probably an empathetic person. Yes. You can feel it in your heart and that is going to bring it to your hands. So maybe the next time you're at a cocktail party or a dinner party and someone says to you, well, I don't want my daughter playing with a trans, a trans kid on the team. You are going to know what to say. Mm -hmm. You're going to be able to be like, actually, actually, I learned this from, from (laughs) doctor. Well, we're, we're actually, we we've worked with a doctor. Um, Alex has worked with a doctor actually for a long time about this. So we're going to share some of what we know. Yep. I'm also going to go on a little rage trip for today. Do it. About Caitlyn Jenner. Oh, yes.
1: Because, you know, our anger is what helps get us to um,
0: hands. It it, kind of does. And like, yeah, do you like, so you're not, you, we both express anger differently. (laughs) 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 How, how do you think I express anger?
1: Mm, you'll, you'll verbally vent it.
0: Yeah. I'm like a verbal, like I will <laughs> slay somebody with my, my words and my thoughts. Cause I'm very quick to go from my head to my mouth, which sometimes is not a good thing. And I have to intentionally be like, you're just angry right now, Kim go sit down. Yeah. What about you? How do you express anger? Well,
1: I'm learning a lot about my own anger because I formerly I would, I would, um, just hold it. Because um, that's healthy. Because <laughs> that's super, super healthy. <laughs> just
0: bottle that shit now. Just Alex. bottle
1: it up, and um, because I think I was unlearning the ways that I was shown anger in in history, in my history, in my life. So my head knew, okay, I it's not okay for me to yell at people or scream or slam doors, or so I knew that enough. But I also I so I'm I've. I do a lot of breath work actually I do, um, which then translates into acknowledging, Hey, I'm really angry right now. And that, you know, and showing my kids like, it's okay to be angry. It's just what you do with it.
0: That's a really good reminder. Um, because it's not that you don't want to feel angry. You feel angry if you're angry. It's just what you do with it when you feel it. Yeah. Cause in ways we, that isn't going to hurt someone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we feel anger every single day over like major things and small things like, Oh shit. I stubbed my toe. Like I'm so angry
0: or your neighbors cut down the trees that were <laughs> giving you a nice privacy shield in your backyard. Yeah. I'm angry about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, but, but, that's probably a pretty small thing, at least compared to what we're going to talk about today. I think, yeah. And, and
1: I think just, I guess I'll say one, one last thing about it is that anger, I think is what actually gets us moving through yeah. life. I mean, we have to, we, it, it's kind of unfortunate, but it's also a, a reality that you have to feel something enough to get you to move. And usually it's some kind of like frustration or anger.
0: Yeah, and I'm really fucking angry today, and I'm going to talk about, especially like I, I think Caitlyn Jenner is where a lot of my anger is going to land, even though she is one of many people my anger could land about this particular topic. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. So you want to get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Should we do it? Yeah. Um. So first, I guess I want to tell people a little bit. Do you want me to do like the a little bit of background about this law? Yeah, you're really good at that yeah. start. Okay. So. Even though we're going to talk about Texas in particular today, we've talked about this on this podcast before, right? That in like 2016 or 17, we went from having about 17 what we would consider like 17 anti-trans um, proposed laws on the books. And in recent like in last year and this year, and, and the, in the years leading up to it, we've gotten to like over 200. Mm-hmm. So this has been a really targeted and well orchestrated attack on the transgender community to strip that to strip rights. Yeah. And so when we talk about this, sometimes we're talking about, um, which we will go into a little bit, but they, it'll, it would criminalize gender affirming healthcare for transgender minders, including talk therapy. God, that
1: is just mind blowing
0: you, you, you are actually going to ban. You're going to criminalize. So what would happen is the, the therapist that would be offering therapy for kids, um, that are not necessarily assigning with the gender that they were assigned at birth, you would be facing criminal charges to talk to them about what's happening with them.
1: Yeah. Let me just, I simply stated, this is actually saying we don't want trans people to exist. We, We want you to die. We want you to go away. Yeah. That's it's, it's like, this conversation is going to get heated in a good way. It
0: is going to get heated. Cause let's, let's really think about this. If you are a person, so Alex, you being a transgender person, yeah. what was the world telling you already about being trans as when you were younger?
1: Um, I know I've spoken about it before on the podcast, you know, Brandon Tina was kind of my first. Um, I, Abby Wambach talked about if you can, if you can see it, you can be it. And so I saw it, um, I saw Brandon, I'm like, oh, that he, he, there's something about him that resonates with me. And then, and then basically, you know, he gets raped and killed and that trans people are murderers or they're mentally ill or they deserve to not live.
0: Yeah. And if you, and if you are brave enough to live as your authentic self, you could be facing horrific consequences for it. Yeah. So I shoved that shit away. I was like, I don't want to die. Right. So it's. This is what, this is what kills me about this one argument though. So essentially you're saying, Hey, these kids are already growing up in a world that is not kind to them. Right. So now we're going to say, Hey, but if we have a therapist, stop talking to them, maybe they'll decide not to be trans. This hits a little too close to home. It's, it is the most. It's so clear what the real intention here is. Um, Yeah. But but some of these other bills that are coming out is that it could also allow a parent to be charged with child abuse if you seek out such care for your child. Mm-hmm. So now, parents, you are your 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 child your your everything in this world. Which we've t- we talked about in our last episode, right? That we just want our kids to be happy. Yeah. And your kid is saying to you, "This is who I am." Mm-hmm. And for you, parent, to go and seek the help of a mental health professional with your child, you could be facing charges. Of child abuse. Yeah, that is what some of these bills are. But the one that we're gonna, I think, go into a little bit today is, and you guys can look this up. This is House Bill 25, which is in the state of Texas. It passed, it passed a couple days ago. Um, It is expected that Governor Abbott, when it reaches his desk, he is going to sign this into law. And this law would ban transgender students, and this is students from kindergarten through 12th grade. This would ban students from competing on sports team that allow with their gender identity. This is even for kids that have already transitioned and have legally changed their birth certificates or legal documents to match, to match their identity. So this is literally when we say like, what are you going to do? Like literally look in someone's pants, right? Because (sighs) my birth certificate might say, you know, male or female, it may be since I've, tra- because, you know, as a, as a person who has gone through this, you did, you were able to change your legal marker. Yeah. So even if you have gone through that process, you have socially transitioned to the point of legally changing your name on or your gender on your birth certificate, you would still be banned from playing these sports. So I know. I just heard you do like the breathing through your nose. I'm like, Alex is already doing their breath therapy. <laughs> you, <already there? laughs> you are breathing. It. You are taking it in.
1: <laughs> I'm centered though. I got this. We got this.
0: So I kind of, I, I to get into, I I'm going to like, before we get into, because I, I can <laughs> hear it, I can almost hear it. Right. Because, because our kids, our daughter, especially yeah. our 12 year old is involved in competitive sports. Yeah. Okay. Now, listen. Most of the parents that we, we were talking to, like, if, if, and some of them listen to this podcast. We're not talking about you, all right? But I can hear the arguments, right? Of I don't want my daughter competing with what they are seeing as a biological boy. <laughs> okay,
1: it's some like okay, yep. Keep. That's
0: what they're thinking. Yeah, and they're thinking that this is somehow going to take away, right? this kid, their daughter's ability to shine as a sports star. And again, we're talking about kids in kindergarten (laughs) through 12th grade. Are you going to breathe therapy or are you just going to laugh your ass through this? (laughs) I'm I'm going to do both. (laughs) So like, we're really talking about like, I think what most kids, at least, at least here, you're not really segregated into like a boy's team or a girl's team until you're about like in fourth grade.
1: Well, cause you know, that trans girl could take their, their daughter's spot on the Olympic team.
0: Right. I'm like,
1: okay, your kid's five. (laughs) If you're already planning their Olympic
0: trials, like you better. That's a you problem. Cause can we talk about like soccer and what five-year-olds do on the soccer field? <laughs> They're like a swarm of bees around the ball. They are. There's no, there's no strategy. They're but, not reading the field. I, I totally. And meanwhile, there's
1: parents who yell at them to. It's I mean, so ridiculous.
0: Parents take a seat. Like I, I I'm sorry, but little Janie is not going to be the next Abby Wambach, right? Like, come on. Yeah they just want to play kids just want to play and their physical abilities at that. Like they're the same, their physical abilities aren't even any different. You have the kids that, you know, obviously you can see like our youngest is that way. Mm -hmm. He is a kid that, you know, I remember we were at the, at some obstacle course and he was running on stuff and he would like throw one arm (laughs) down and like, you know, cartwheel over something. I was like, that kid just has ability. He has a natural ability And then, you know, there was me as a kid where I was like banged up every single day because I couldn't walk a straight line, right? (laughs) You and I, you and I laugh about this a lot because you you obviously were a, were a a huge athlete. I mean, you were a a big 10 university athlete where you're like, this sport looks like fun (laughs) and you just like walked on and we're, we're on the team, right? Where if, you know, it was a big day, if like, I didn't kick the ball in field hockey, like (laughs) We still joke about this when we go to classes together. Don't like, stand next to Alex. Because <laughs> Alex is going to do, you know, 51-handed push-ups with claps in the middle. And I'm like, I still do them on my knees. <laughs> right. But we do have people regardless of their gender. Yeah. Or or whatever. They just have it. Right?
1: Yeah. and ha- Yeah. You, yeah just have exactly. it. you could just
0: play. Yes. You can just play. So listen, maybe you think that some- that Maybe you think that like your daughter is the one that can just play, right? Which is entirely possible. And you think that there's going to be some trans girl that's going to come and take that away from her. Yeah. Like, can we really pause for a second?
1: We're going to get there.
0: We're going to get there. Okay. So this bill, this bill is, is going to Governor Abbott's desk. It's looking like it's going to pass. And that means that there, if you are a trans girl, kid.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if you're a trans girl, mm-hmm. your only option to participate in sports would be on the boys team <sighs> and vice versa. Yeah. And I, I I, list, I read an article
1: um this morning that, you know, across the board, whether or not, um, trans kids are athletes or not, this bill is creating, um, more and more instances of of harassment and bullying for for
0: trans kids um so i i guess what i really want to like lay out for people though when we talk about this bill is we got to think about where this is coming from so alex is going to get into like the hormone like actual hormones and for athletes how they how they work but again keep in mind these parents and this is a representative um from Texas. That's, I don't even want to say her name. I don't want to give her that space, but here's the problem with the logic, right? So these, these parents are saying, Hey, we've got, and you'll hear this all the time. We want to protect girls sports. So in their mind, they're thinking, Hey, I don't want a trans girl to come on and take something away from my, my girl. Right.
1: Right. Cause already right there, you're, you're already looking at that trans girl as a boy.
0: And you're using the word protect.
1: And you're using the word protect. You're you're weaponizing the world protect.
0: Yes, you the are. The word protect. Because you're already saying this person over here, this trans person, there's already this negativity put on her. Yeah. Okay. So- Here's the thing that's so fascinating: is these parents are saying we need to protect our girls in sports; they need to be so they're almost using like a feminist rally cry, Ugh. right? It's such a dog whistle, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, girls, like we we have you know fought for Title IX, we fought for our own space to play in sports and equal funding, rah rah rah, right? And I'm all for it, right? I am all for girls getting, you know, we we talk about things like with women's soccer and how the pay inequity that exists. Like, I am all. For for girls and sports and all these things. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, trans girls are girls too. Yeah. So parents get together and they're like, no, 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 protect girl sports. We can't have a trans girl. We've got to protect our girls from this trans girl over here. The problem with this logic, and this is what's fascinating. The problem with this logic is there have been, how many complaints, Alex, do you think that there has actually been in the state Up around this, where the parents have said, there's a trans girl on our team, we're complaining. How many times do you think those complaints have happened? Zero. Zero. So there has not been a single complaint, zero, of trans women and girls keeping cisgendered women and girls off of the playing field. So Representative Julie um, Johnson, who has said, how can you say that girls are being unfairly positioned in competing in the state of Texas, Texas to justify this bill. And there has not been a single complaint about trans athletes. So in other words, this isn't about sports at all. This is an attack on a highly marginalized marginalized population for no reason beyond hoping that excessive and extensive cruelties keep them from coming out and expressing who they are. <sighs> Want people: I know. So these days, trans kids spend more time in state legislators begging for their humanity than they actually do on the playing field. Yeah. So uh, we're going to pause for a second.: OK. There is not one case of a trans girl taking a competitive spot from a female student in the state of Texas. Yet this was written into law Well, it's about to be written into law.
1: Do we want to take a pause or do, or do we want to jump into Caitlyn Jenner? Give her a, a hot second.
0: Let's do Caitlyn, Caitlyn Jenner. And then I'm going to have you walk us through like the ridiculousness of this, this stuff with like hormone blockers, what actually happens, who has testosterone and who doesn't. Cause that was super fascinating, but we want to do Caitlyn Jenner first. Yeah. Okay. So I hate Caitlyn Jenner.
1: I don't like her either.
0: Like, I, I, I don't,
1: she's supposed to be a part of our community, but she's not, I, she I mean, not. she she's- doesn't understand the first thing about being human.
0: I, I don't think she does. Yeah. And I remember watching, I did watch for like a hot second, even though I think they've been on for like, how many years have the Kardashians like actually been on?
1: Oh gosh we should ask fitness Marshall. He would know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like I know people, I, I don't really pay too much attention to them. I yeah. think I watched them for like maybe a season or two. And then I was like, I, I can't deal with this. Um, not listen, guilty pleasures. We could talk about guilty pleasure TV. You and I do all the time.
1: Yeah. But according to Stacey Abrams, they're not guilty. They're, they're just pleasures.
0: Yes. She did tell us yeah. that. So She's like, her- Oh no, I
1: watch a lot of TV and I I don't feel guilty about it at all.
0: Yeah, so I don't know why she, she's totally right. Like, if you watch the Kardashians and it does something for you, then rock it on. Maybe
1: it turns your brain off. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I can't imagine it turns your brain
1: on. Um, yeah. Do you think? No,
0: no. Okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's all Back good. to Caitlyn Jenner. So in in so I think it's been like really well publicized Caitlyn's Caitlyn's journey. Yeah. Right. That she and you had kind of seen it a little bit on if you watched the show The Kardashians, and then it felt like you know she came out. And I remember feeling at the time when she came out, like rock it on girlfriend, like mm-hmm. one of the most well-known people, probably on the planet, um, talk about masculinity, like, you know, and here she is, she's like, yep, I'm a trans woman. Yeah. Rock it out, Caitlin. Mm-hmm. And in, in in, 2015, and most people listening, you're going to remember this, that there was the ESPN awards. Yeah. And, um, she was getting the Arthur Ashe award. And she, I just remember like visually, I remember her looking stunning Yeah. and she comes out in this gown and I'm like, here it is. Here's the speech. Like, you know, the one you've been waiting for. Right. Mm -hmm. And she says, this is a direct quote. I want to acknowledge all the young trans athletes who are out there given the chance to play sports as they really are. Yeah. So in 2015, Caitlyn Jenner was like, let the trans kids play. Let them play with with whatever gender, right. They do not need to play sports with their assigned sex at birth, gender as we know, it lives between the ears. These kids let them play. Yeah. we can go into all the shit that we know sports do for kids, the teamwork, the camaraderie. and boy, if there's ever if there's ever a kid that needs it, like it's a trans kid. Let yeah, them, she's basically saying like let them just play who they really are. yeah,
1: they're using their body in a positive way.
0: So Caitlyn Jenner, decides. And then she had that show, I am Kate. Right. Oh yeah. And, um, there was a number of different activists from the trans community that were like, girlfriend needs some help understanding. Like she basically is like stepped into this world of activism and doesn't, doesn't quite know how to, how to, how to operate in this, in this space. And so like, that was kind of like what the show I am Kate was about. It was like her spending a lot of time in particular with this woman, Jenny, like really trying to help her understand, like, no, no, no. If you're going to be a mouthpiece, you need to learn a whole bunch of shit because it's not just about you, Caitlin. You're now, you know, probably, you know, one of the most visible transgender human beings on the planet. The amount of privilege and responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. So she tries to take it on, but then she decides, um, governor Newsom out in California, there's a recall for him. There's a lot of people in the state that don't like him. I'm not going to even, we're not going to talk about this, but there's an opportunity that they want to recall him. And so all of these candidates in California can come forward. If you get a certain percentage of the vote, you can move forward in the election. And I'm like bumbling my way through this because I don't feel like going into detail, but Caitlin decides she starts setting some political aspirations for herself because she feels like we need to get back to conservative values Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's a Republican. She comes out as a Republican. She's, um, you know, very much like conservative values. Which I have no problem with conservative conservative values. I have a problem when conservative values are code for less de, dehuman- you know dehumanize anybody that doesn't agree with us. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. She would be that one. <laughs> she's the conservative values that it's like, oh, it's her values. Right, it's um, and then less less completely weaponize it and dehumanize an entire groups of people. So, as she's running for, or she's going to try to run for governor, she gets stopped, and because now she's a Republican, so this means she has to try to like win over Republican speaking points. And as we just explained in the beginning, we know that this has been a targeted attack of the Republican Party. F- you know, over the past five or six years, we've gone from seventeen to like two hundred anti-trans bills. Caitlin's not stupid; she knows that if she is going to have to win over Republicans to vote for her, she's going to have to take some things from their playbook. And what's one of the things from their playbook? <sighs> it is anti-LGBTQ. That's that is what it is. So she gets stopped by a reporter, and they say, "Hey, Caitlin, what do you think of trans kids in sports?" And here's her quote. This is a question of fairness. That's, I'm sorry. I'm, I just, I hate her so much. Okay. Good start over. I just, I hate her. I hate her, Alex. <laughs> Eat some candy corn. Eat some candy corn, channel your, channel your anger. That's okay, fun. let me try this again. Highly produced podcast folks. <laughs> this is a question of fairness. That's why I oppose biological boys who are trans from competing in girls sports. It just isn't fair. We have to protect girls' sports in our schools. So there's that word "protect" again. stick so my head. She 100 percent betrayed her own community, our community, for cheap political points. Uh-huh? And it failed. She failed. She did not get on to, she did not get enough votes to move forward in any, even though she's still threatening to be a politician. Boy, people in California, I hope you listen to this because here's my thing about Caitlyn Jenner. Right now it's the trans community. So she has got aspirations that are going to be what they're going to be. But if she was willing to sell out her own community, who else is she willing to sell out? What does she actually even stand for except her own prosperity, her own ability to do what she wants to do? Mm
1: -hmm. She She, just cares about herself.
0: She is a danger to our youth because she's also helping to perpetuate misinformation, which is what you're going to get into in a minute. She honestly, she, she needs to stop talking like immediately. She needs to stop talking and go into hiding and go and just, (gasps) or she needs to, I, I mean, what do you do with that? Because in 2015, remember, she was like, Yep, kids need to trans kids need access to sports, they need to play sports, this is important. While she's up on stage getting an award, and then she's like, Eh, I think I want to be a Republican leader. What do I have to be? And this tells you something about the Republican Party. If this is the shit that you have to do to be a leader in it. I know. Are you anger breathing again?
1: I I am. I'm just thinking about the whole like. Card- like the time on the Kardashian like did all of them just like sell their souls for fame and money
0: I mean I don't I guess I don't know i I don't like to spend a lot of time thinking about them just because yeah, they're, they're they're they are what they are yeah I maybe they do some stuff for good I honestly I don't feel like I can I, I don't I don't watch them I don't follow them yeah I
1: don't either i I'm just angry so yeah I'll I'm just angry that. too I'm yeah. angry
0: too I really there's something about this with Caitlyn jenner because she was a part of the community. And so what that does though, is when you have someone that's like, well, I'm a part of the community and I'm going to spread misinformation because people will say, well, Caitlyn Jenner is trans and she doesn't believe that these kids should play. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's like putting gasoline on a fire. Mm-hmm. She is, is, is causing so much harm when she opens her mouth because she's trans people validate what she says. Mm -hmm. And it, she opens the door then for anybody else to come in and dehumanize these kids because she made it okay. And she's trans too. That's why fuckery people. That's why I want to like open up a can can of like my Sicilian whoop ass on her. Cause you know what? She might be an athlete, but she's in her seventies. I think I could take her.
1: Oh, totally.
0: Right. Yeah. I think it could take her. I'm not excusing any type of violence of any kind, but <laughs> in my head, this is what happens
1: mm-hmm.
0: is that I like run into her somewhere and I can like verbally vomit all this on her. Uh-huh. And then when she tries to like put her hands in my face, punch her. And then you're with me with your muscles <laughs> and you get my ass out of there before. <laughs> I can get Let my ass Alex, Larry. Like everyone can see this right now, right? <laughs> this is not gonna go well for me.
1: Maybe we gotta go home. Come on.
0: <laughs> but like in my head, it looks really good. It does.
1: It does. Oh, I can see it too. Like I'm I can throat you.
0: punch her. Yep. And then I'll be like, Alex, get I'm your muscles over here. <laughs> Cause you know in real life, she's probably like seven feet tall. <laughs> and I'm like five eight. <laughs> she probably could just like squash me with <laughs> one one well manicured hand. <laughs> I hate her. Okay. Can we pause for a second? Yeah. Am I might, I might cool myself down. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're back. Hey, I've calmed myself down. Okay. <laughs> Did you eat some candy corn? I ate some candy corn. I think I had a sip of water. I asked you asked captain underbite and he kind of gave like this really cute puppy moan. <laughs> like, all right, Kim, you're not going to throw punch Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> even as much as you might want to like, that's not a good choice.
1: We have our, f- our, our, bath, bath and body works flannel can- candle.
0: It smells really good. Burning shout out to Rosin. bath and body works. Yeah. You're obsessed. You should
1: bath and body Works should also sponsor us.
0: They should, because we've got so many friggin' candles in this house. I'm like, are we a candle shop? Hey. Are we opening a candle shop? We're no, not? no. There's just for purely for our own enjoyment. Cause this is side note. This is what's so interesting to me about you is that you're not a hoarder. Like, uh, you know how like in relationships, there's like one person that like hoards every memory, like everything. Yeah. And then the other one's like, why do we got so much shit around? <laughs> <laughs> I am the hoarder and you are the less like throw shit out. Yeah. But you, you
1: hoard candles. I do. And let's just define what hoarding looks like. I might have a, have a, a- cabinet. You have a cabinet dedicated to Bath and Body Works candles. So, and you're very seasonal about it. I'm very seasonal. So basically once it kind of starts to get cooler, so end of September, there are maybe two, possibly three candles burning at all times until through January. Yes. Cause I think it's just, um, it, it gives me that sense of like coziness and and that, and and that in the, in the fall scent, it's so fascinating. Cause you love being cozy. I do. Cozy is like your jam. Yeah.
0: Like we are in the time of year that you, you love this time of year, Yeah,
1: flannel shirts and baking and
0: candles and coffee, it, lots yeah. of coffee. And I am totally summer. I yeah. want to be like in a pool on a body of water in a lake, <laughs> in the ocean, like in a, in a bathing suit, like running around, like <laughs> in the heat. And you want to be, I'm only there because of you <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> and I, I mean, of course, who doesn't love being, you know, cozy and stuff, but I, I definitely I'm like, where would all these frigging candles come from? But then as you'll know, remind me, like I have boxes of stuff. I still have like my, my middle school notebooks downstairs in our basement. Oh, well, I have journals and stuff too. I don't know that these are journals. I think they're like actually my notes. Oh, like like class notes, yeah, and then I have like I won't get rid of clothes. I'll be like, I was telling you like I wore that dress ten years ago and it was a really great day that I wore it, and so I won't like <laughs> donate it
1: so after this podcast, we're gonna go upstairs and throw things in in bags.
0: no, oh, are you gonna stop buying candles? Come
1: on, listeners, you gotta help me out here. are you
0: <laughs> am
1: I gonna stop <laughs> buying candles that's that's different. <laughs> So because <laughs> you burn them and they're gone and you chuck it in the, in the recycle bin.
0: <laughs> my argument is falling apart in front of me. <laughs> Bro friends,
1: probably it's going to crack up about this one too.
0: I know. I know I need to get, I know, I know I need to go clean some stuff out. It's just, what if I need it in the future? <laughs> like I hate Marie Kwando too. Can I put her on my hate list? Although I would not throw a her.
1: No, she's. You know, you'd break her in half.
0: (laughs) So I would not, but but my anger for her of, if it doesn't spark joy, get rid of it. And I'm like, lots of things spark joy for me. I look at the dress and I'm like, oh my God, I remember I wore that to the kid's first birthday party and it was so fun.
1: So then maybe you keep that, but then you get rid of the other things. I don't know.
0: My closet's overflowing, isn't it? We need to to do some work in our closet. That's for sure. Do you wish you didn't have to share a
1: closet with me? Oh, no, I don't wish that at all. Okay. I lo- I love sharing everything with you.
0: Even the closet? Um, we, do, we do have um, a lot of things in our closet, though. Yeah, we do. Okay. <laughs> all right, fine. Uh, if, uh, I guess the candles are nicer than an overflowing closet. <laughs> fine. I guess you win. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you also love Marie Kondo. Yeah. Kondo, right? Kondo? I don't know.
1: It's not like I watch her. Marie Kondo. She terrifies mm. me. <laughs> yeah, she makes you like... Pick everything up in your hands, and you have to, you know, ask your heart: Does this spark joy? And if not, and if you haven't worn it in six months, you chuck it.
0: Is anyone else out there listening to this, like sweating right now? (laughs) I can never watch this woman. I can't watch her show. I can't do that method. It would feel like a crisis of my soul to have to do that. Hmm. Six months. Yeah. But what does that mean seasonally? Like I might not wear, is it just if I did. So like right now I would go back and look at wh- this past summer. And if I didn't wear it this past summer, I would chuck it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. She doesn't mean like, you know, yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm terrified. All right.
0: Back on topic.
1: Back on topic. Mm-hmm. Hormones in tr- uh, well, yeah, that was a, that was a aggressive b- b- drop in (laughs) hormones.
0: So you're going to walk us through (laughs) (laughs) again. We're we're highly edited, highly, highly produced. What's queer mean to you?
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. That was a total inside joke from TikTok. Go check it out. Okay.
0: Okay. Alex, can you, so let's really get into
1: what,
0: so a kid wants to transition. Yeah. So at what age do we start like at what age do kids typically start, start saying, if, if it is a kid that is trans, do you know, like roughly what age they start communicating it? You know, there's, there's no right or wrong answer kit, you know, as, as it
1: goes, everyone, every specifically every gay person, LG, every LGBTQ person, every trans person, it's your journey is you come out when you come out. So, but let's just say that, you know, a kid has a knowingness, uh, an environment, an awareness of themselves um, up like at age, like five. So a kindergartner. Um, So I think, I think the the sad, the sad part about a part of this, all of this is that kids have a knowingness about themselves that adults don't, that a lot of adults don't. So, um, I think it's just remembering that a kid really does know who they are mm-hmm. and it's when the adults learn who they are, then they start to control who they are. Right. And that's, um, my voice just cracked cause it's like, so
0: so if you're a parent, right. And yeah. you, and your kid, you know, could be age five, could be all, you know, whatever age they start finding the language to say, Hey, mm-hmm. you know, if I was, if I was assigned, um, you know, female at birth, you start saying, Hey, but I'm, I'm a boy, I'm a boy, I'm a boy. Yeah. So you go through that process. And, and I, was, I I believe if I'm right, but the first step is, is you have to get a mental health care professional, Involved before you can even start talking about any type of medical therapy, correct? yeah, so walk us through what that timeline looks like okay, um
1: I'll say I will, I will, okay, I wanted to say one more thing about about a timeline um because there are some kids who at age two are like I- i'm a what what you know I may insert opposite gender, whatever they are, and then um." I was going to tell a personal story, but maybe I should just say that for later.
0: No, I want
1: to hear it. Well, you know, our daughter who's trans, um, she had told me at one point, she was like, we're talking about it. And she goes, well, mom, you just were talking about that. There was that there were people who were transgender and there were people who are non-binary and I, and, and because she had been saying to me since, since she was about like three or four. Um, I know my soul is a girl, but my body's a boy
0: at age three. She started saying, this. yeah. And it was,
1: and, um, I remember the conversation. I remember where we were and she, and so it wasn't until she was the summer before first grade where she was like, I am a girl. Like she fused the two, like, okay, I know my body is this, but she was able to basically listen to her soul saying, I'm a girl. And, um, and so, so the story goes, she she goes, because it was, you told me that there were these kinds of Mm -hmm. this, this, this is in the world. So, um, anyway, so if you have a kindergartner, so you were asking me, how does this with the timeline?
0: Yeah. And and it's up to you, like how personal, because, you know, listen, we're not just folks within our own queerness. We also have a, a child that, um, as you just said, she's, she's a trans girl. And so w- this is personal for us. We are personally going through this timeline right yeah. now.
1: Yeah. And she's super proud of who she is. She is really pretty open with, with mm-hmm. who she is. And um, so I think one of the first questions I asked, because not all trans kids or people want to change their name, but I do remember just saying, Oh, after she said, Hey, you know, mom, I'm a girl. I'm like, well, some people change their name and their pronouns. Like, is that something that fits for you? And she was like, you know, yes, I'm, I'm Ari. Um, and so with, with she, her pronouns and so, so the transition part, you know, from, let's just say it's, you know, age six up to like maybe 11 or 12, it's all social. It's there's no, there's nothing medical, um, until, it's well. It's social emotional. So it's just putting the people in place: um, the doctors, the affirming doctors, the affirming therapists, um, affirming, you know, parents and caregivers that support. And
0: their- that really just means, like, yes, we we use the name Ari. You yeah. refer to Ari as a girl. Yeah. We we would never, you know, you you that's what you mean by affirming, because there's nothing else really, it's not like you're affirming medical care. You're just setting things up for hey, it's gonna be a couple of years from now yeah. that we're even gonna need to have any type of like medical conversation, but it's really making sure that emotionally and socially she is supported. Yeah. Cause it's like
1: Abby and Glenn were talking about today on the on, on their podcast, like it's all about that sense of self. Like you're just, there's no way to confirm it. There's no way for us to prove anything. It's just one person coming to another person saying, this is who I am. And you're like, okay. Yeah. And then you put things in place that like here, all your options and your resources, and you get to, this is your life. Like, and I'm just here to kind of witness and to support you through
0: it. So now that, um, and which is what we, we, in our family, this is what we have done. Right? Ari told us who she is. Ari told us her name, her pronouns. We've done all the things that we can socially for her. Yeah. Which was and you did do some things like her name. Yeah, her name is legally changed now. Her name is legally changed. Um, and we did things like with the school, like making sure that, you know, teachers know, please address her by this. And before we could legally change her name, cause that's a process in itself, right? It was things like making sure, like on the first day of school, they're not dead naming her, right? Like yeah. you, as you, as her parent went through every single step to make sure that when she steps into a situation, even if your paperwork is showing you one name, this is actually her name. Yeah. So that was some of the social and emotional. It was, um, uh telling um parents uh, parents friends and there was a period of time like with her friends that we would have to rem- you know remind them and I remember her one little friend who came over to play mm-hmm. this little boy he was um had known Ari um initially as a kindergartner before Ari had socially transitioned yeah and she socially transitioned and then he was coming over to play
1: yeah
0: and he comes to the I'll never forget. He got, he gets out of the car and you were talking to his mom Mm -hmm. and kind of setting up like the play date, you know, I'm going to pick up at this time. This is what they're going to do. And I, of course, of being the Snoopy ass parent that I am. And I'm totally like eavesdropping on Ari and this little boy's conversation. And he comes up to Ari and says, my mom, you know, told me like Ari and she, her, and our Ari was like, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm a girl. And I'd like you to call me Ari. Mm -hmm. And he goes, okay, I, I, I'm really going to try hard, but I'm afraid I'm going to mess it up. But I promise you, like, I'm going to get this. And then Ari was like, okay, you want to go play Legos? And they ran into the house and played Legos. Yeah. I love that. that,
1: That was like an eight year old. Yeah. Like at the time, at the time they were eight, they were so little. And here, talk about being an ally.
0: Yay. Mom. In that
1: situation.
0: Yes. Yay. Mom. Yay. Mom. Yeah. So sorry, but that's like a little bit when we talk about socially and emotionally, like that's what we're talking about. So, but now I want you to walk us through the timeline of, so kids starting puberty, you know, now it could be anywhere from like age, you know, nine, 10 up to those tween years. What happens? Well, um, so
1: I wanted to say one more thing. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. Um, because then with the with the social transition, one more thing is, if those things aren't in place at school, it absolutely affects their ability to learn.
0: So tell me more about that. So
1: with when Ari was in second grade, um, her teacher and I worked together. Where her teacher was huge ally, um, advocate, but we just had to acknowledge, like you know legally her name isn't changed yet. And so when she would open up her Chromebook, she would see her dead name. And so every time, you know, her teacher would come over and kind of like be there with Ari as they opened up her computer and be like, to support her through that, because she goes, it was hard for her. And Mm -hmm. and she would have to kind of reset her brain to like, she saw that name and she was like, oh, you know, and then her teacher would be like, you know, would, would say something to support. And so Just getting those things in place and having the the people to support that, like if trans kids are having to see their dead name and 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 teachers are not aware, like your kid that no learning will happen if you know right because
0: the kid is already they're already yeah they're
1: already on the edge like oh crap so okay so with hormones and and puberty yeah so we're going
0: through like yeah. So obviously socially is, is important for them and and to have the emotional stability at home to affirm who they're saying they are and who they are. Yeah. But now we're getting to like, when we start knocking at the door of puberty, yeah. what happens?
1: So alongside, and I've said it before where trans kids are insistent, persistent, and consistent with, with who they are. And um, when you work with your doctor, their, their pediatrician Um, one of the things that a kid who is pre, who is close to puberty and actually they call it Tanner stage two or three. Um, so it's the early stages of puberty, um, where you can go on, on blockers, puberty blockers and puberty blockers are entirely different and not the same as hormone, hormone replacement therapy, which
0: is a common misconception.
1: Yes. No child under the age of of 14 is going to be on hormone therapy. They're going to have their hormone, their natural, um, progression of, of puberty just be it's, it's a pause button. A a blocker is a pause button. That's all it is.
0: So meaning like for a, if a 10 year old trans girl starts puberty blockers, this is a blocker that they would take. I'm assuming it's what, like in pill form. Yeah. There's pill. They actually
1: knew new technology or new research. They now have like a little implant they can do.
0: Um, they have shots. And basically all it would do for a trans girl would stop her body from producing testosterone. Uh, Well, every, all of us, all all hormones. Yeah.
1: All of us have, all of us have, you know, girls have testosterone in their body. Boys do too. But, um, It's the amounts. It's the amounts, and 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 whatever. And I'm not a doctor. I'm gonna obviously. I have to, you know, definitely just make sure that's. I'm just kind of.
0: We're giving you the parent view here. Giving the parent
1: view here, yeah. So whatever happens in 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 the process that would turn a boy into a, a. sexually reproductive man or something like that. Cause mm-hmm. it's all about, and that's what really puberty is all about is, is being able to reproduce. Um, it just blocks
0: that from happening.
1: Yeah. So they wouldn't get facial hair and, um, all sorts of stuff.
0: So you basically just are prolonging their childhood of their physical body. Yeah. Okay. So you stay on blockers then for however long
1: yeah about the age of 14 so m- the doctors have said most kids are in puberty by age 14 so you s- can start so they also kind of gauge it to where their peers are and then about age 14 they can go on um they stop blockers and then they can go on hormone therapy
0: and so at that point we're now like i'm just going to like bring this back to the bill for a minute yeah. okay so now we're talking about if If you have, if you're a trans girl, right. Because we're really focused on protecting our girls here. Yeah. So if you're a trans girl and the fear for these parents is that a trans girl is going to have testosterone, which is going to make her more able and more athletic. Right. Mm -hmm. But you're telling me that a trans girl up until the age of 14 would be on blockers, which means she has no more testosterone in her than her any, cisgender counterparts. Then her cisgender counterparts. So up until the age of 14, there is, there would be absolutely no testosterone giving her an edge in any type of sport.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's the fallacy with, with even cisgender af, women athletes. Like we all could, we're, we're, every human is different. So we're all, we're all going to have different levels of hormones. And, um, there was one part where I wanted to go to with the, um, something with each with, Oh, that testosterone really has nothing to do with athletic ability at all.
0: So what in the world are these parents worried about them? So do they just think that being born cisgendered male, you're just a superior athlete.
1: Yeah. I think because this has all been based upon early hormone researchers who were fixated. And this is from an article I wrote, I read from the New York times, Um, er, early hormone researchers were fixated on, on sexual anatomy and reproduction. And they gave a short shrift, never heard that word before Hmm. on testosterone's myriad effects. Um, But they did a whole bunch of research in that testosterone doesn't, it doesn't dictate athleticism or athletic ability, but somehow they've, we have, um, married how much testosterone is in your body with, which, with how good
0: of an athlete you are. And it's completely, it's completely false. It's completely false. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm a trans girl, right. And I want to play sports. I've gone on blockers. Mm -hmm. So the, any of the testosterone that would have been naturally produced by my body has been stopped. Right. I'm buying, my parents are like, we're going to wait till you're a little bit older till we know, you know, I guess maybe that's part of the reason of, of just hitting that intentional pause is because they are young. Um, even though I think they obviously uh, kids know who they are, as you were saying, they do. but is the, is the thinking that, Hey, we're just going to, we're going to pause so that they're older to sort of like emotionally to understand what's happening. Like, why is it? like, why would, let me put it this way. Why wouldn't, or do we know why we wouldn't just start hormones, the opposite hormone when they start property, or do you have to like block for a while before you can start taking the hormone that is going to align with your sex assigned at birth?
1: Wait, so what are you asking?
0: I'm asking in a really shitty way. (laughs) (laughs) Help me out here. So the, the, what is the
1: purpose of the blocker? So the blocker just blocks naturally occurring puberty and because our gender identity is in our head and our heart. So the body will, um, Oh gosh, it's so, it's so layered because then if, if you're, if you know who you are and you're saying, you know, I'm, I'm transgender and I'm this, I'm, I'm, I'm a girl. And then you're 11 years old, you're 12 years old and you start to develop, into a man's body, like how dysphoric that's right. going to be the that's damaging like the
0: broadening of the shoulders. Oh yeah. Adam's apple, your voice lowering.
1: Yes. So every, yes. All so these, all physical... these things would stop. Yes. So, so the blockers stops all of that. Now, the thing with blockers too, is that if it doesn't happen, but basically if, 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 if you can... were to say, oh, if if you let me let me rephrase, rephrase if you stop blockers whatever sex they were assigned at birth that puberty will just start
0: so this is and i get where you're going with this because this very and and the doctors have told us this this very very rarely ever happens yeah that by the time a kid is on blockers right Very few are going to say, yeah, no, I actually am that sex. I was assigned at birth. Like it's what, like less than like, I think it was like 5% less than 5%.
1: Oh, I don't, I haven't heard any statistics.
0: It's like a tiny, tiny, tiny amount. They really don't see kids say, Hey, take me off the blockers. I'm, I am the sex I was assigned at birth. But I guess the psychological thinking is if that was going to happen, then you just stop the blockers and your body is going to do what your body is going to do.
1: Yeah. And there, there's kids, I'm, you know, you're being trans doesn't mean that your, your body has to, you've to medically transition your body.
0: Right. So you would not necessarily have to, but it's probably very affirming. Yeah.
1: Know, yeah. Writing. But so at least it at least gives kids that chance, you know, you're on, on blockers for two, three, maybe four years. That's a long time. It's a long time, and so by the time you get to like your mid-teenage years, you're like, you know, you're like, yeah, like this is what you you have got more experience and cognitive or emotional,
0: probably more emotionally resilient to to say, like, okay, so now I'm going to start. So then we start. I'm going to say one more thing about this stupid fucking bill in Texas. Then, yeah. So basically, what you're telling me then is a trans girl who is playing on the team with, with cisgendered girls, mm-hmm. those cisgender girls they're they have potentially more hormones and more development going on in their bodies then than the trans girl would. Oh yeah. But we're worried about the trans girl taking a spot and we need to, to protect our cisgendered girls.
1: Yeah. It's fucking bullshit. It's, 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 it's fucking, fucking bullshit. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. So now a kid is 14 Mm -hmm. and they've been on blockers. Mm -hmm. And because statistically this is what happens, they say, Nope. Yep. This is my gender. I'm still trans kid, still girl, still girl. Then we start with hormone therapy. Mm -hmm. And what is that? What does that actually mean?
1: Um, it just puts the kid into, um, that gender puberty. So they would you know, for a transgender girl, they would grow breasts and um, they still get hair, you know, obviously in certain places and just there's other, I I should look at Dr. Kravach's stuff, but all the things that happen that happens to them.
0: I mean, obviously they're not going to grow a uterus and get a period, right? right? Like yeah. we're talking about some of the physical aspects on the outside, like, You know, particularly with like a
1: softening of your jaw of your jawline, um, you don't have facial hair. Um, your skin gets softer.
0: Um, yeah. You might not grow chest hair, but you would still grow like hair under your arms, hair Mm -hmm. on your legs, hair between your hair between your legs. Yeah. But some of those, I I I also think of like Adam's apples, voices. Your voice wouldn't lower,
1: right? Yeah, you would not have. um, There's a book, um, becoming Nicole. Uh, they're identical twins. And one of them transitioned and one is not trans. And um, Nicole went on, on blockers and you can't, there's no, there's no Adams she apple. never had an Adam's apple. Right. Yeah,
0: It's really interesting. And I remember the first time that we met with um, a doctor and she was, she was kind of explaining to me everything that you were just explaining for our listeners. And I'll never forget. And she said this, she said, you know, we've just gotten really good at understanding how puberty and, and, um, like assigned sex, like how it actually works. Yeah. And they've been able to say with blockers and then adding in the hormone that is needed, like the amount of, um, like just what they've learned, how they can do that. The transition process is so much better. Yeah. Right. Because your body is physically taking on the, the characteristics that we typically see as masculine or feminine. So if, you're a a girl, if you were assigned, if you were, if your sex assigned at birth was female, Mm -hmm. but your gender is male, you would have things like your muscles would get bigger, Mm -hmm. right? You would get facial hair. Yeah. Your voice does lower. Yeah. You get all of those things that, you know, maybe for you are going to feel more affirming to your, uh, to, to your, your identity being, or your gender being male. Yeah. So, I know we're focused a little bit on trans girls right now, but it's just because this bill is specifically targeted at yeah. girl, at trans girls.
1: Yeah. So if you put a a trans girl on a boys team and they're 13, 14 years old, like good, like no. Yeah.
0: It you, that's not even like ugh. and again, we're talking about like not only have there been no no like complaints, I I, I should have pulled this before we started, but, um, maybe I'll, we'll add it in like the notes, but this is not actually a thing. Like, we don't even really see a lot of, you know, data around trans kids that are, that this is actually happening. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, we're not talking about a huge part of, you know, our population. So like, when you actually look at the numbers, like it is much more harmful that we're saying, we're going to take away talk therapy and we're going to charge your parents with child abuse, then, like, why are we spending all this time talking about sports? It doesn't necessarily affect in the same way that, like, not having access to mental health care and not having, and like, you're, you know, hey, mom is going to go be arrested for child support or for child abuse and may not be able to even have you in the home. Like, it's so fucked up that we're spending so much time talking about this. But also, I'm like, this is the targeted approach that people are taking to really just dehumanize trans
1: yeah i mean is
0: this like a like a symptom of of the patriarchy
1: that we're we just love our sports and god forbid a girl infiltrate
0: i have no idea it's like it's it's utterly i mean it's it's bizarre to me and then it's not bizarre to me right right because i'm like this is targeted it is trying to use an argument that is um oh protect our girls sports like they're it's the same way like how, um, when we started saying the word colorblind, right. Mm -hmm. I was taught to be colorblind and it was taken from Dr. King's words, right. That I'm not going to judge. I'm sorry. I'm not going to get this perfectly right. Please forgive me folks. But you know, the, the the concept of like, I'm going to judge a person by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Mm -hmm. And from that, a white supremacist came up with the word colorblind, yeah. right? It was an actual way to twist the words of Dr. King into, we're not going to talk about color and race and further oppressing people of color of color. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's the same thing. We're going to take the words that, that women have used, which is like, we want our girls to be able to play sports. We're going to take those words and we're going to twist them. And we're going to twist them into this thing that says, well, you don't want a biological or a sex assigned at birth boy, taking something away from your girls. It's the same fucked up fuckery. Yeah. I love that word. There's no other better word for it, right? Fuckery. Mm -hmm. So now if you're a 14 year old who is coming off the blockers and you start taking the hormone that would be assigned to your gender, you are going to start to transition medically
1: yeah. If you choose to, if you yeah. choose to.
0: Yeah. And then as we know from our lovely friend, Ren, yeah. there's all sorts of different options that are available to you. Yeah. So side note in the state of Colorado, <gasps> yes, we'll talk about this. So, Hey, listen, maybe if you're in Texas and you're a part of a trans family, like maybe move to Colorado if you can, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. because
0: in Colorado, we are the first state in the nation to pass that gender affirming care is like it has been signed that it is a part of healthcare. Yeah, you can't discriminate. You can't say like we're not going to do gender affirming care. Yay, yeah. Colorado. Yep. Which Dr. Kavach was a mm-hmm. part of. Who as is, yeah. is who Alex and I talked to about all this stuff.
1: Yeah, Dr. Ker- yeah, yep. So what else do we need to know? Well, I was looking at my notes here. Um, that you know why give them? So you know, obviously, it's a pause button. These are, these are the blockers. Yeah, I'll just get a little bit more detailed. So um, blockers are a pause button for puberty of the body you were born in, you're born with to prevent you from developing things that don't fit your gender identity, like deeper voice or facial hair if you were born with a boy body, but you are a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and then then who gets them? Any youth who has a gender identity um, or thinks they may have a gen- gender identity di- different from the body that they were born into and wants to prevent the physical changes of puberty. Um,
0: yeah.
1: You could go into, yeah.
0: You know, it's interesting too, because I wonder like for, for well, no, I'm not gonna go down this rabbit hole. I was gonna say like, there could be other reasons you might wanna do pu- puberty blockers, um, even if it's not necessarily about your gender that you were assigned at birth. I just think of like young, really young girls who start puberty early, Mm. Um, but I, I, I just think that's like another direction that we need to talk about on here. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to was say about, about to, that's I was okay. about to take a son a a whole
1: <laughs> like, I had no
0: idea about that one. Maybe we should go talk about my closet. Stop <laughs> talking. So just when it comes to care for these kids, mm-hmm. I just want to, and I think we're like probably getting close to wrapping, wrapping our episode, but I'm hoping like. Listeners, like what you've been able to follow with us here is this is, it is all a fallacy that is perpetuated and built off of a a culture of fear and misinformation to either make you think that your child is not, you know, if your child is cisgendered, that somehow they're going to lose something, which is not the, the, the world of equity. The world of equity is that everybody gets what they need. Yeah. Right. That's really what we're going for with you know e- equality and equity. Um, I'm hoping that for folks like we've given you some factual information that when someone's like, Well, I don't want a, a <laughs> cisgendered boy playing on my girls' team because it's just gonna give them an unfair advantage, it actually is a disadvantage because they're not getting the same hormones and whatnot. That and I guess we're making some assumptions that. Um, all transgender kids go on blockers. They don't, but at the same time, like, are are we really worried about this? Mm
1: -hmm. It's yeah. I mean, talk about blockers are not, I mean, there's enough research. The blocker, the blockers are not harmful. It's just, it's literally a pause and just, it, it gives kids a chance to like you want our, kid, like we talked about this before, you want your kid to trust themselves and to have their own voice and maybe they'll decide and maybe
0: they won't, but you can't like take away their voice. I think all you're doing when you do that is telling them, don't trust yourself, Yeah, which is going to show up in other aspects of their life. Oh
1: yeah. That would completely backfire. I wanted to um, make sure I talk about really quick that because I love this shit, the, um, the study they did about testosterone. Okay. And that somehow, you know, t- testosterone has, I'm, I'm just going to st- say tea because it's like a mouthful to say, okay. Vitamin C <laughs> vitamin T, um, doesn't drive a single path to athletic performance or even a small set of processes that can be literally traced from more tea to more ability. And that, again, this is from an article I read on um, New York times. So the idea that, that, that tea is some miracle molecule, um, and that people have higher levels that, that they would perform better, um, combine several beliefs that athleticism is some master trait or that, you know, athletic performance, um, that, that tea has some like potent effect on, on all these things. And it's just not true. So, this is the part where I think it's so interesting. So they did a study in uh, 2004 uh, published in the Journal of Sports Sciences. The study analyzed testosterone and different types of strength among men who were elite amateur weightlifters and cyclists or physically fit non-athletes. Weightlifters had higher testosterone than cyclists and showed more explosive strength, but the cyclists who had lower testosterone than both the other groups scored much higher than those sort of scored much higher than the others on the maximal workload, an endurance type of strength. And then across the three groups, there was no relationship between testosterone and explosive strength and a negative relationship between testosterone and maximum workload.
0: So basically testosterone does not give you anything. It doesn't give you an edge in any way.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't, Correlate with superior performance at all.
0: So, this is really an archaic way of thinking mm-hmm. that somehow, because you are cisgendered male mm-hmm. and have more testosterone in your body, that somehow you are superior. Yeah.
1: I know. Okay. But the myth is so ingrained about our assumption of gender and athletics that we, that's what we believe. And
0: it's just not. I, I, fact. I, listeners, I hope, um, we, you know, head, head heart, hands, healing. Mm-hmm. I hope if you've heard anything from us today, this gets you into your hands. And when you hear some argument, bullshit about why so and so can't do so and so sport, and again, we're talking about kids kids. Mm
1: -hmm. They just want to play a game. They just
0: want to play. (laughs) Yeah. They just want to play. And you know what? There are so many benefits to kids playing sports that have nothing to do with college scholarships and, you know, lifelong athletes. Like think of all the things kids learn when they have to play a team sport and coordinate and work together, what you win about winning, what you, what you learn about losing. Yeah. Um, hard work. I mean, all of these things are so important that the team, like some of my happiest memories of a kid of being a kid came from being with my teammates Mm -hmm. when we would win, you know, even sometimes when we would lose and how we would console and be there for each other. Like these are invaluable skills for any human to have. Mm -hmm. And yet we're going to spend all of this time in our state legislative ripping Trans kids who probably need this support more than any other kid.
1: Mm -hmm. And, and if you're cruel, it's cruel, it's cruel. And how would you know, if that five-year-old is trans, you're going to have to look in their pants and that is fucked up.
0: It's really fucked up.
1: Talk about let's charge the coaches who are looking in kids' pants.
0: I mean, what the fuck people come on. Yeah. It's so, it's so fucked up. And I just want to like. I want to say this one last thing, and then maybe we can we can wrap this episode. Because if you guys are getting it, Alex is still. You're so. I, your nostrils are going. <laughs> but then you like laugh and you crinkle your nose. And you're so cute. <laughs> are you worried about me throat punching people? <laughs> I'm worried about throat punching people. <laughs> Eat some candy corn. Eat some candy corn. <laughs> I I want to um talk about this for a second and I, I want to plant a seed about mental health. And so we have a dear friend who I think is going to be coming on in the next couple of weeks with us. And I don't want to, I'm not gonna share too much because she's gonna stare she, she's gonna share her own story. She is the parent of a transgender child. And um one of the things that she had said to me and I just have been sitting in this and so I'm, I'm gonna give our listeners a chance to sit in this too. I want you to really see if you can come there with me where I just keep circling back to the statement she made. And it's that there is this common misconception that transgender folks, we know that um, from data, right? That we know that LGBTQ kids and specifically transgender kids, there is a higher rate of suicide. And there is a common misconception that with transgender kids, it is actually something in their in their brain that makes them more susceptible to suicide. Like we link mental health and suicide and we start to think that like, oh, it's a higher rate of suicide because transgender people are just more susceptible to it because of something going on in their brain. And that is actually false. That is not true at all. The mm-hmm. reason we see higher rates of suicide amongst transgender folks is because of the way society treats them. Uh-huh. It is nothing to do with what is actually happening in their own brain and in their own body.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They're not more susceptible to suicide because of some, uh, that's like total misinformation. Yeah. They are more susceptible to suicide because of the way society treats them. Yeah. So, listeners, come with me for a second. If you're a kid and you are a trans kid and you know now, right? That these laws about mom and dad could be charged with child abuse. I can't talk to a doctor about my identity. I can't play sports. What the fuck society do you think you're doing to that kid? It's just a kid.
1: Yeah. Who wants to live their life.
0: They just want to live their life. And they just want you to, uh, you know, affirm who they are. Yeah. That's all you have to do as an adult is affirm who they are. Yeah, that's it. So folks, I hope you uh, marinate in that for a little bit because when our guest comes on, um, she's going to share her story and her daughter's story. And um, it's not going to be, you know, we usually can, even though Alex and I are angry, we can still kind of look at each other and find pockets of joy that episode is going to, it might be, I don't know. We'll see how it is, but it's definitely going to be a more serious topic. Yeah. Not that this one isn't serious, but yeah. Anything else you want to say? No.
1: (laughs) Um, I just, I think I actually want to say so much that I don't even know what to say.
0: Yeah. I get that.
1: Yeah. Cause it's, um, it, uh, <laughs> I don't know anything
0: you're going to go anger, breathe.
1: I'm going to go anger, breathe. Do you, you
0: want to light more candles? I, <laughs> do
1: you want, do you want a cozy blanket? I'll put some Enya on and get a cozy blanket.
0: Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll draw you a little bath and put some Epsom salt in it. <laughs> okay. I, I'm going to, I'm going to go do my workout tomorrow and I'm actually going to picture Caitlyn Jenner. In my oh, head, oh, 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 right? Yep, because I really hate her. I hope, I hope somehow Caitlyn Jenner and I are like six degrees of separation and someone will send her this podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm coming for you, Caitlin. That's not creepy at all. <laughs> all right, Alex, tell all the people what they do.
1: All right, balls of magic. Thank you for listening. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. And if you want to email us, we love to hear whatever you have to say and connect and, um, stories and comments, how to be queer podcast at
0: gmail.com shout out to youth scene, please go to their site and send them some love shout out to youth scene. Yeah. Cause they are doing all the things to protect trans kids. Y O U T
1: H S E E N.org. Um, yeah.
0: All right. Let's go light some candles. Let's go
1: light some candles. Clean my closet.
0: I heard that. <laughs> <laughs>